Unlocking Potential is a project based at Maynooth University, Ireland, and is kindly supported by the Public Service Innovation Fund. Studies show that people with convictions are largely drawn from the same groups who are underrepresented in higher education. The aim of Unlocking Potential is to increase access for people with convictions, including prisoners and former prisoners. Over six episodes, we'll hear from a variety of voices who will share their experiences and perspectives on the role of universities and colleges in supporting fair access and creating safer communities. We will address questions like, why is fair access for people with convictions important? How can we make this happen? And who needs to be involved? Hello, I'm Joe Garrity, and thanks for joining us on this episode of the Unlocking Potential podcast. Students are at the heart of this project and podcast. So today we will explore the experience of accessing and studying in higher education for people with previous convictions. We will discuss the barriers faced by prospective students and the ways in which we can address these, always with a view to provide fair admissions policies and support for all students. Today, we are focusing on getting in, getting on and achieving your goals. I'm delighted to be joined by our guest who will share his education journey with us. Welcome and thanks for being with us. Thanks. So I suppose to start at the beginning, um, what interested you in pursuing education? You know, like many years ago when I was, when I was young, and so I would have grew up in a council estate and like that, you know, uh, you didn't finish school because being a male, you were told you need to leave to get a job and because you're a male, you need to bring, put the bread on the table. And I remember I was working for a family member and I had a friend from the school who wasn't from my area. And I remember one day heading to work and I met him as I was walking to work. And I was, at that time, I was working in like a low paid um, cardboard factory or something like that sort. And there was my pal waiting at the, the, at the post office to get his bus to college. And he was telling me, he was like, oh, I'm going to college now. And I'm like, wow, right. And then I remember having a conversation with that family member going, see, he's going to college now. And the family member had said to me, we don't go to college. You know, we're grafters. And, you know, it's like, he's not a grafter. He's someone who can go on to college. He's someone, you know, like he, his, his family... He doesn't need to go out and work because his family have the money. Or you have to go out and work because you have to put the bread to the table and you have to carry your, your weight with that. But I remember for years that stuck with me, you know. It stuck with me that people like me don't go to college. And people like me are, is someone who works a dead-end job, low pain, and, and, you know, it's like you just don't go to college. But... You know, in a, a part of my life, you know, whilst working that dead-end job, you get bored and you get idle, you know, and you come out of employment, you went unemployment. And whilst un unemployed, you know, as you do, you, you know, you start mixing with the wrong people or mixing with the wrong environment. 
and you end up, you know, in, in a bit of butter. You know, I'm one of them people where I ended up in butter. And, you know, I, you know, I was brought into the legal system. I was, you know, I was brought to courts, sentenced, you know, in and out of certain institutions. And, and like that, you know, like, you know, the options were very limited at the time, you know, and, and like the options were very limited even before that happened. Coming out at then, they were even more limited, you know, and it was bound by contract that way. So, you know, that required me to, you know, keep your head down. You have to do something. You don't get in trouble, that type of thing. But I remember one day I was I was going to sign on or something like that or go to meet a probation worker and same again, had met that friend again. And I, I had explained to him, you know, what, what happened since the last time I'd seen him. And he was like, why don't you go back to education? You know, he was someone who was working in the social field and seemed to be doing pretty well with it. And he seemed to be very, how would you call it, very happy with it, you know? He had that little bounce to him. But also had that, you know, fire in his eye around it. And so like that, he brought me around to a local community uh, education centre. And I went in and I explained where I was at. Hadn't got leave in cert. And I had barely a junior cert. And I think they gave me it just because they knew I was leaving the following year. But they had suggested, why don't you go and do a leaving cert? And it, like I was like, at that point, I was brought back to that childhood experience of oh, school, you know. But at that point as well, I was introduced to a new experience in education, you know. And that experience was I met an open-minded teacher. And, and she was very encouraging, very um, engaging. But also very, how would you call it, but very pleasant to be around with. So that, you know, I had done my leaving search and, you know, with that I had completed it and I had gained a bit of confidence and a bit of esteem around it and a bit of belief because, like, my previous experience had taken a lot of that. You know, it had taught me that this is you. This is going to be you for the rest of your life. And, you know, unless something changes, it's going to be forever. So like that, we, you know, I, that was one of the motiv motivating factors about going back to education. You know, it was um, actually a big factor. And, you know, at the end of the day, I needed to learn a different way. You know, I needed to learn how to deal with the world a different way than what I used to. And I, uh, you know, education was that platform for that. You know, I, I was given, you know, well, not I was given, but I felt this was a place where I could get that. So, yeah, th that's, that's what brought me back to education. You know, it was a personal experience of I needed to change and change. I think it's really interesting. Sorry, I was just going to say that I think it's, it's really interesting because obviously um, sometimes we 
slip into talking about higher education and so on. And, and I think that um, it could be so encouraging to our potential students in the audience that, you know, it doesn't uh, always start with higher or further education, that it can be, as you said, going back to the, the original uh, thing that uh, can be a springboard, such as a lead insert, but equally that it doesn't have to necessarily be um, some big uh, life-changing moment, then it can be something like bumping into an old friend and, you know, just taking that first step in that direction and, and you know, that can, can lead on to, to much further things. So that's really interesting. Um, and if I could ask you then, when, once you'd started and you, you went back and did the Leaving Cert and, and um, can you tell us a little bit about that experience or maybe after the Leaving Cert and then when you decided that maybe yeah. uh, college was the place for you? So I was, um, during the Leaving Cert, uh, you know, I was always, you know, that idea of, why can't I go to college? You know, and and that always came forefront while still me leaving, sir. And, you know, I was sitting around the class, small class, so I was, doing the leaving, sir. And one of them had said to me, why don't you try an access program? And, you know, me being me, I was inquisitive, I was quite motivated, so I was, and had made a self-referral to a access program and went, had a look at it and asked myself, was it for me? But it answered the question for me was, you know, I didn't know how to get to college. And that's why it was never able to answer it. And the only way to know how to get to college was actually try it. And, you know, when I went for the interview for the access program, they were like, do you have a leaving cert? Like, you have already the requirements to get into third level education. And I'm like, yeah, I know that. But I also need to know how to actually survive in third level education. Because it's great that I can get into it, but it's to keep me in it is the problem. You know, because I don't know how to, to stay in it that way. I didn't, you know, I, I struggled with writing. I struggled with reading. I had the attention span of a goldfish. So I did. And, and that always impacted me sitting in a, in a classroom. It always impacted me even talking. You know, it always impacted me doing homework. But it, um, I made ground though, because I was well able to talk in the class. You know, I was well able to, you know, to break down a topic in discussion. And I was able to hold my conversation that way. And, and with that then, uh, uh, you know, whilst in the access program, I got more supports in there. You know, writing supports, reading supports, and, and a bit of one-on-one -on -one in there. You know, and like, uh, you know, like when you're struggling to get your head around something. I always had someone to go to, you know, and I'd always have someone to go to and say, come here, can't get me head around this, or I can't get me head around that. 
can you show me how to get my head around this? Because I don't know how to do it, you know? And, and you know, as we go through this story, you're gonna, you're gonna hear me saying that a lot, is that I just didn't know, you know? And I remember, you know, going through that access program, pulling in all the supports I could get, you know, between giving my lectures, my homework before it's due and getting them to read it and going, yeah, or nay, or you need to fix that, or you don't need to fix that. But not with the idea that I want a first class in this. The idea here is that I want to function in this. Because I want this to be a part of me. So I was willing in that way, and I was willing to learn. And so with the supports that kind of built me up even further then again. Now, like looking back now, I'm still not a huge academic. You know, I still struggle with reading. I still struggle with writing. But I, I cope with it a different way now. You know, and, and I deal with it in a better way. And and still I have that go to, you know. I still have that support there if I ever need it, you know, and uh, which is great. So the experience in that, it was about support. It's all about. It was about building my support. You've said so much there, and I'd love to tease out a couple of bits if if you don't mind. That'd be uh it's 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 fascinating. Number one, the, the the experience, but also your way of engaging with the experience. Like I think it, our potential students could really learn so much from it. And even to go right back to the start of, of that piece, when I think one of the things you said at the very beginning was that you were bluntly told, you know, that university or college or higher education wasn't for you. But through this process, and when you were doing your leaving cert, you know, that transition to say, you know, why, why not me? And I think, you know, that's part of the aim of this project is to, to, yeah. to kind of put that question to people, say, why not you? Why can't you? Uh, there are, as we'll discuss, many barriers, but you're certainly, you are uh, perfectly uh, as capable and titled as anyone else to uh, go and push yourself if you can, if you're, uh, but in order to do that, um, another thing you said was the um, the know-how to get to college, you know, whether you have the qualifications, but that information is a key part. And, and I think um, when people listen to this podcast, if they are looking for this kind of information, they can go on to the uh, project website at unlockingpotential.ie, um, where this information of where do I even start to look at this stuff? You know, how do I... You know, how do I dip my toe in and understand where I can start, what stage I'm at, or where I can go to from here? Um, um, but also, where there are access programs, which are some great work going on in different institutions around the country. Um, but the word survive really struck me, as you said, you know, because getting in is one thing, but as we've said before, getting on and surviving and getting through that is really uh, a key part of this, that it's not enough to get people in the door, it's to get people out the other end. Um, and so that support you had, um, and was that 
through the access office in the university that you went to or how did that work for you in yeah, a practical so, sense like i i gained you know maybe in me i, I kind of seen where i who, who is supportive you know and where i can gain the support i needed so like that i went the various you know i went to the access program itself and got support there but also i went above that then as well and went to external organizations for support so that was like um you know a uh, my local VTAC center you know um that was because i had established that connection because it began the living circle so you know it was at the beginning it was like gathering all that support you know and it was gathering it uh you know i it could, i could actually mal it into something where it'll support me you know um <laughs> so like that you know if i was given an assignment around i don't know uh, you know socrates or something like that you know i would have had mm-hmm. to go and look at it but it also Mm-hmm. Because I I struggled with reading, the rat nothing handed me a book, you know, and like I said, I had the attention mm-hmm. span of a goldfish, <laughs> and like mm-hmm. so that meant you know I had to understand my strengths and my weaknesses, and I got that in the access, you know, I got that very quickly mm-hmm. in the access of how I learn best. And then it was up to me to tailor the outcome of that access program. So what works best for me in this, not what what, what works best for them, you know? So like mm-hmm. it, it, that pushed me to ask the questions, you know, it pushed me to, I mean, almost awkward moments where you're knocking doors and you're saying, come here, I don't understand what you meant there. But also while I have you here, will you tell me about this? You know, mm. and like every time I knocked that door, I was always greeted with a supportive smile, you know, and I was always greeted with, how are you, you know, and I, I was always greeted with, uh, yeah, no bother, come in, sit down, and we'll see what we can do here, you know, because this had to have an outcome, Joe, and the outcome being is mm-hmm. that, you know, it was like learning to swim, you know. I had been dropped mm-hmm. into the pool of education with two little dinghy floors. But now I needed to learn how to swim, you know. And, and by doing what I was doing, by knocking the doors, by asking for help, and, and yeah, looking up that bit of information and gathering the information to what works best for me, you know. And that brought me back to every time, you know, I remember having my... I had got an interview for third level education. And he asked me, why did I want to go to college? And I says, because I want to learn. I'm not going to come in here and tell you I, I know all this. But I'm coming here for you to tell me how to learn this. You know? And, and like that was for me, it was a very, it was a different approach. Normally how I used to, how I used to go about things because like if we go, and I know I'm backtracking here, but when I would have been younger and parents would be saying, you're going to get in trouble. And my reply to them was, I know, 
and I know everything, you know. So I had to get rid of that, you know. And I had to get rid of that, you know, where I had to somewhat humble myself and go, you know what, I'm on this path and I'm in this process. How best can we get this, you know? And this is, like, this is, you know, the way it, 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 it worked for me. Like, I, you know, like, it, like I engaged with education and it engaged with me, basically, you know? Well said. And I think, you know, I, I've, I think that what you just said there are the, the, my three favorite words for students or, or researchers or anyone really. The three words are, I don't understand. Because they're the three words that are, I, I swear, the hardest for people to say, but the most powerful. Because, you know, if you say those words, you're likely to get an, an explanation. You're likely to get some insight. You're likely to get something that you didn't understand before uh, understood. But they're the three words that are the hardest for people to admit or say. So I think that, um, particularly in this context, for any students, but especially students who... Uh, are coming from challenging uh, backgrounds or, or coming from having convictions to just ask for that help because while we obviously want to uh, further support this area what ex what help there is uh, in existence is needs to be asked for but anyone uh, in university or further education will seek to help you if you just say those three magic words you know and if I could ask you in a in a partially specific sense, but um, in terms of you decided you wanted to go to university, um, did you how did you engage in the application process? Were you um, or how where where did you choose to go and why? So <laughs> I remember filling out that dreaded CEO, and that was like oh that brought up some emotions. You know, at, at points I would have been confused, at points I would have been discombobulated, I would have been, you know. But what I did have when filling out that form was I had the belief that, you know what, I feel I can go to college now. And the only way I'm going to go to college is by applying for college. And it's, it was that, you know, it was, it was, it was that basically in simplistic form, you know. So I well, had got help in the community education centre with my CAO. I had got help in the access program with my CAO. Um, you know, it was it was um, it was a daunting task, you know, but not a task that couldn't be done, you know. Mm -hmm. It was a task. You know what, I, I remember having moments in it where, you know, I was saying to myself, you've been through all that, why is this bothering you so much? Because mm -hmm. this is only a blip in what you've been through. And a blip is what it was, you know. And it was, you know, it was, it, you know, it brought back that every time was you need to knock the door and ask for help. What do they mean mm -hmm. by this? What do they mean by that you know and asking the question and how do i fill it how do i file it how do i type it 
and then how do I send it? You know? Mm-hmm. And and like the access program were, were there for that. But mm-hmm. also they inform even better because they had brought in students who have been through that. And I'm a great believer in the lived experience. I'm, I'm one of these people, I have loads of that. So I learn even quicker with that. It, um, you know, I, we had met students from different courses. We had met teachers or lecturers from different courses. And they all gave us little hindsight about, you know, what they're doing, what, what they're learning and how they're learning. And you know that informed me even more then, you know. But they, you know, there was, a, you know, the form filling, the Susie grant, the, you know, this the welfare payments that all that was there. But it was a challenge to get your head around, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, he was a grown man, so you know, like. It was, it, you had to get your head around it because if you didn't get the funding, you weren't going. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky in a way where the access program were there to help me, you know, do the Susie grant. And, and even right down to the wire where I had a couple of days left of it, where the community education program were still helping me with the Susie grant, you know, getting the paperwork, mm-hmm. printing the paperwork, sending paperwork. Um, yeah, that would be yeah. Um, and I think that's a really good point because, as you said, along the way, all along the way, that all of this stuff is daunting. There's no way around it. You know, there's no point in saying it isn't because it is daunting, especially, you know, returning to education or or, or ed- doing education. We'll say for the first time in a long time, um, but um, where there is support those people will go an awful long way to try and support you as much as they can. Um, so I suppose it's, it's, it's pushing yourself, but also not, not expecting or nobody expecting that you have to do it by yourself. Uh, And I think the Susie grant and other forms of getting some financial support are a key part of that. But again, if you open any grant application or any funding application, it will cause your head to spin, but there are uh, people who know more about them who can uh, offer that support. Um, and we actually chatted briefly before uh, the podcast today, and one thing that struck me was um, your uh, what influenced you in choosing the specific university you went to in the end, if you don't mind sharing yeah. that. I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah. So, like... You know, after being like, after doing my leaving cert and then doing an access program, I was a good candidate for colleges. You know, um, one might say you're a safe bet, but the other might say is that, you know, uh, I was ready. You know, I had displayed my results. I had done my applications and I had got the reward. And the reward being is that, you know, you're getting the offers from the colleges you applied to. So I went, I had got some good offers from 
a lot of good universities. And, you know, I had went through a few of them and felt, you know, I, you know, at some, I, I, I one of them, I felt I didn't feel, you know, I felt, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it's 200 people in the class and your number, whatever. And another one then I felt, yeah, it wasn't me. I couldn't see myself in it because it was geared to a certain profession. And, and then another one I felt, yeah, it just it didn't feel right for me, so I didn't go with it. But I remember, so Minute, you know, Minute would have been, yeah, it would have been on that list. I'm not going to say what number it was on the list, but it was on the list. <laughs> like that, it, um, I thought I'd go down and I'll, I'll check it out, you know. I, I have to give it its time, you know, um, because I'm after giving everything time in this journey. So, and I can't leave a box unchecked, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm after dedicating a whole lot to get me to this point, and I'm not going to shortchange myself now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my needs going to college would have been, I need that bit of support. I need that um, person who can connect me with my learning. But I also need someone who is willing to learn with me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember go walking on to Minute and, like, having real life experience coming with it, like, I... You know, it's like the day, the first day I went to Minute for the open day, I showed up and I had the bus fare home and that was it. So these are the backgrounds I was coming from. I was mm-hmm. on social welfare payment. It was after traveling up the country, but I didn't have money for dinner, but I had my bus fare home. And it was either have dinner and try to get home or pay for your bus home. So I was having a real moment, a real motivational moment, even attending Minute. So I was having a real reaction to it. Like it, it was like, wow, oh, this is coming very apparent, you know? And I remember going to the open day and I, I had met, uh, oh God, Seamus Taylor. Sorry. And, and Seamus was real, is real approachable he has like a you know a lovely uh, persona with him you know very welcoming man and, and very engaging you know and and for some reason had spotted me and for some reason had come over and said how are you you know and i proceeded to chat away to him and, and then i proceeded you know to tell him why i'm coming to minute and you know and he listened and he engaged where I'm at to coming from and what, you know. And I, I didn't have to give him a big spiel, like, you know. Mm-hmm. But he listened. And then he proceeded to tell me about what's in Minute, you know. And I remember coming away from Minute that day, Joe, thinking and feeling, this is where I belong, you know. And, and just, you know, and the other piece I was saying about having bus fare or dinner, Actually, I ended up getting me dinner in Minute because they, there was like a free lunch or something like that. Mm. But it, it, it just reinforced, you know, it reinforced 
as to why and can I go to college? You know, um, yeah. you know, cost is a big factor to a lot of people going to college. Can I mm -hmm. afford it? And you know, um, will I be able to do it? There are questions that came across my head the whole time. But like that, when I put my hand out, I was able to get support. You know, and I was able to get that one-on-one -on -one in the look. You know, and that that kind of left there. It encouraged me, but it also it, it you know it pushed me then to push myself to go, you know, and and it pushed me to get un uncomfortable with the comfortable, you know. Hmm. I think um, you beautifully said, and I think there's two parts, two significant parts of that. Um, that number one, the sheer determination that it took that you had on that day you know to to get a bus up the country as you said and not have the money to feed yourself or to get or or and to get back one or the other yeah. you know so when you think that that level of determination to go to an open day is so admirable but also it's sad that you required that level of determination to make this happen you know there you know yeah. there should be obviously more pathways that support people earlier and sooner and you know make because not everyone has that sheer determination not, not a, people have that sheer determination to do many things in life so it shouldn't be only the people who have that or and then the reception yeah. when you get there to say somebody is there to listen support you and you know welcome you into the the institution at a one-to-one -one level but also make you feel at home when you get there yeah and like I have to think as well, like I was a mature student returning to college. And my previous, you know, childhood experience with education was I was I was told what to do, you know, in school. Mm. And mm -hmm. you know, arriving to Minute and, and doing my studies there, I wasn't told what to do. You know, I was taught how to do, you know, and you know, I was I was um yeah, you know, like, it, it, in one way, it was a pity that, you know, I had to go through that certain amount of determination to prove that I could go there. But on the other side of it was that when I made them aware of what I was going through, they were able to fully come in with support. So, like, when I accepted the note, I didn't have a laptop, you know, and I didn't have you know, word proficiency or, you know, and I didn't have, you know, a, you know, money for books, anything like that. You know, I had my social welfare payment and the best part of that was taken up between eating and living, you know, um, and, and mm -hmm. just getting to college, you know. So when I had got to Minou, there was supports there. You know, they were able to give me, you know, I used to go into the library and get a loan of a laptop to sit in the library. Uh, and so that meant then mm -hmm. I, w I was able to get to Minute early in the morning and do a bit of work in Minute with my home, you know, assignments and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it also meant as well is that I was able, if I came across a problem, I was able to walk across the campus, 
send an email to a lecturer and say, are you around for five minutes? And and, and majority of the time, they were like, yeah. You know, I'm walking across that way. Do you want to meet and walk? And we'll talk. You know? So, like, Minute, for me, it screams support, but it also screams that, you know, they acknowledge that this is a person who is very willing to learn. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I... I got that every time, you know. Mm-hmm. And can I ask, um, we've spoken a lot about support and, and um, I suppose your, your, your feelings of acceptance. Um, were there any uh, challenges you faced during your time in university that you think maybe related to your uh, previous experience or were you conscious of it during your time at, uh, in education? Yeah, like I, I remember, like I was in third year and we were playing with the idea of a placement or volunteering or something like that. And vetting, the topic of vetting came up. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, they're going to find out now. You know, they're going to kick you out. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to a uh, and it wasn't even a placement, it was just the thing is that, look, getting your degree is great, but you need a bit of experience, right? So in, in the outside of it, they were encouraging us to do voluntary work or, you know, get that lived experience stuff. And I had a lot of that lived experience because I had been in all that previous, but like that, I, you know, I still wanted to get what I wanted out of it. And I remember the vetting and I remember having a panic and I remember having a fluster about it. And and at times I was looking at the front gate and the notes saying, I'm gone. And my previous is aren't like I didn't hurt or harm one, they're not serious, you know? Mm-hmm. And but still I understand that previous can have a bite, you know, and, and have a bite in terms of employment education and access and and you know having a previous conviction can do that you know it can stop you it can stop you getting into certain courses it can stop you getting into certain places so i had approached minutes and look you know i was someone who got in trouble when i was young and what have you and here i am what can we do you know and and minute were they were very good with you know, they were very good advising me around it, but also the people I was working with were, how would you call it, experts in certain fields. Mm-hmm. And and fields where, you know, you know, they were like, look, you can you can we'll explain the routes to it, you know. And mm-hmm. and you know, we'll see, you know, let's do this and let's see what happens with it, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, like my initial initial thought was they're going to kick you because you have a previous, mm. but it wasn't, you know. And I was lucky in a way where minutes were open, and the people who were lecturing me were people with life experience, lived experience, but also professional experience that way too, you know. And the other barriers would have been like I said, like I didn't have a laptop. You know, mm-hmm. and I found that very hard 
to, you know, it meant minute, like it meant if I had two assignments and I needed double support that the average student needed because I had the attention span. And in one way, it was quite hard because it meant I couldn't do my work at home. And it meant, on the other way though, it pushed me to be in unit. It pushed me to be in the days where I didn't have to be in. So I mean, mm -hmm. in, like a job day, you know? Mm. I, would meet, I would meet lectures in there on my days off when I didn't have lectures, you know? And, and that's where the one-to-one -one came across, mm -hmm. you know? Sitting in the library, having a coffee, lecture walks past, comes over, you know, what are you doing here? Today's your day off. And I'm like, no, I need to get this, this, and this done. You know? Mm -hmm. But I'd have the conversation with them, you know? Um, the other side of it is, you know, like, I had, you know, a barrier around it would have been the travel then as well. That was hard. Mm -hmm. So it was the commute. Um, you know, I, I came from down the country, so it was quite hard to get back up the country. And if you didn't get down the country by a certain time, you might get down then, you know. And the the other barrier then would have been, you know, the books, that type of thing. They are all normal stuff that every student goes through. Mm -hmm. But like that, you know, the access in Minute were brilliant around that. You know, they were able to either get me a secondhand book or they were able to get me a PDF version. Or if it was it was if it was that hard to get, they were able to photocopy chapters for me, you know. Mm -hmm. um, these were all barriers that were you know that were quite evident from the beginning for me. They like uh, the, the huge barriers in it would have been that it would have been keeping me in the education job. So mm -hmm. they're all things that was pushing me to get out of it, you know. Mm -hmm. So you don't have a laptop, you can't do your assignments. It's like a plumber without a voice grip, you know. You know, and if you don't have access to information, you know, your Moodle, your Wi-Fi, you know, and that's another plumber without a voice grip. So mm -hmm. minute we're able to walk around that for, you know. And I think it's really well said because, as you said, essentially if you think of all those things as as pushing you towards the door you know pushing you towards the door because as you said there are overlaps there with other students who who, who face these issues like commutes and so on and so forth but um you know the likelihood of students as you said coming from perhaps a conviction or different uh challenges along the way not having a laptop is something that's just uh too often taken for granted and I often say, say to my students they should treat their they should enjoy themselves but they should treat it like a nine to five in some ways but I mean so it's a really interesting analogy that you say right I have to go in and I gotta get in I gotta get my tools I gotta do my stuff but then it makes you part of the uh, the social fabric of the place as you said but it's really interesting that these barriers as you said are Compute or are cumulative, and they they compound one another and, and really become another thing on top of another thing. But something that really struck me was two things. Number one, the sheer distress that you must have felt when you thought, "Oh my God, I'm here now, and and now this this could jeopardize all of that." I mean, 
describing it now, obviously you're, you're, you're so well spoken about it, but I can just, you know, I can empathize with the, the sheer terror that it must have been to, you know, see it potentially uh, fall apart or, or feel that it could be taken away from you after so much determination to get there. Yeah. Um, and sorry, I don't know if you want to say something there. Yeah, like it was, it was just that thing of, you know, uh, your initial, because of where I had came from, mm-hmm. you know, um, in, I think they call it imposter syndrome, you know, where, you know, when you're trying something new and, you know, you're, you know, you're in a place where you're, you know, it's like going to the gym first time, you know, and, and, you know, you're like, you shouldn't be here. You don't need to be here. You're grand, you know. But like that, the more you go to it, the more comfortable you're feeling, you know. And then for, for one day, you know, after getting a couple of years through it, and then for one day, for someone to come up and go, actually, you're going to be bad now. And that mm-hmm. was terrible. That was terrible mm-hmm. because it was like, ah, now this is, I told you this is going mm-hmm. to happen. You knew this was going to happen. You know, and, and sure, people like you don't belong here. This is why they were telling you from a young age, you don't belong at college. You know, and this is how they do it. They'll let you out of that. You know, so, you know, I was lucky. You know, some people ask me what's my, um, a, what's a, a characteristic of me? And I do respond by saying I'm very stubborn. And stubborn to the extent where, you know, it's like I'm not going to let people push me out. And, and by knocking the doors in the news, by explaining where I'm at coming from, you know, and, and, you know, and putting my hand out for help, that stubbornness became a quality around, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, challenge it. And that's really well said. And I think, you know, as you, you're kind of <laughs> some of your characteristics are coming through in that way, you know, determination and stubbornness. And and they are when they work to your advantage, these are great things. But in other ways, uh, as we said before, uh, it it shouldn't be only the people who are incredibly determined or incredibly yeah. stubborn not yeah. to yeah. not to be uh, pushed out the door that can make it, you know. Yeah. So that's part of what I suppose we're trying to do. And I think that you bring up the, the Garda vetting or the, and the vetting, and this is something that is, comes up again and again and causes so much distress and, distress and confusion and in terms of policy for any institution, but particularly third level institutions that, um, you know, as part of the Unlocking Potential Project uh, admissions policy, you know, we want to make it that people shouldn't be asked up until it's necessary to ask. And if it is, as you said, a course that involves working with certain uh, groups or certain areas that requires guard vetting, that's not the same as uh, the admissions policy for an institution. Yeah. Or if one needs vetting for a particular module as part of a social care course or something like that, mm. then it's perfectly acceptable that somebody could do uh, a different module that doesn't require that yeah. vetting. Uh, so the options there, so these yeah. um, these barriers shouldn't uh, be in place until um, it's absolutely essential for a very specific course that is legally obliged. Yeah. Um, and can I ask you, um, one thing that struck me, uh, we're talking about barriers and we're talking about your journey and so on, but there's mm. two points 
along the way that are kind of the opposite of that in the sense that you started thinking that you weren't uh, university wasn't for you and then at a point you have all these offers from third level institutions and then you go on to get your degree did that feel good yeah you know it was like <laughs> i remember going to my interview right and you know like you know, before I went in, it um, it would tell me you don't belong here. You know, and and you know this is not for you. Look at these. Look like like look at this place. You know, and like I come from a family that didn't have huge experience in education. Like the fact that I had completed an access program made me actually the highest educated person in my family you know what i mean so like education was it's not that it wasn't valued in my family just wasn't experienced enough to have a value which is sad in one way joe you know and because you know that would have had a direct impact on me then around playing with the idea of education but then you know going to the interview and, and doing the interview and then getting the letter from from them going we want to offer you a place and catching that out in your head going ha ha they do want you you know and and you can do this you know and getting them moments where you you can hear that little you can do this and looking back now i think you know, if anything, that's the message that needs to be put out there. Is that anyone can do this? You know, and everyone can do this. And and you know, and and if anything, that's what it's, it's telling. You know. Yeah, really well said. And it's funny. Look, I was going to come to our last question, and 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 I think you've partially answered it there. But if there was something you could say or advice you could give to you know, a potential student out there who's who's not sure what to do or what sure they're capable of, what would you say to them or what advice might you give them? You know, it's like, in brief, and to summarise what we're after talking about, right, I came from a place where, you know, school never fitted me, right? And school told me, at a young age, you don't belong in school. And society taught me as well, you don't belong in school. You need to be out doing the do, getting the job, putting the bread on the table as a male, and whatever. They, you know, like college taught me, or education taught me the opposite. You know, and it taught me that you can do this. Yeah, you're going to have little, you know, uh, potholes in the road. Um, and so you never experienced the road without them, you know, because there needs to be. Because if it, if it was a smooth and sailing experience, and that experience wouldn't be as, had as a big impact as it has now. You know, I'm someone who went back to doing the Leaving Cert, went to an access program, done an undergrad, then I went and done a master's. And somewhat today, 
playing with the idea of the doctor, you know, and, and purely why? Because I can, you know, and, and not because I, I'll get the grade or anything like that, or, or, or I can be the great I am or anything, because I can, you know, and, and I know the supports are there for it too as well, you know, for anyone that is attempting or playing with the idea, you know, go and try it out. Ask all them awkward questions. Sit it out, you know, and, and you know, try to mould it into what you want it to be. You know, if anything from my story, I'll tell you how me as a person adapted in that experience. But me as a person adapted and developed in that experience and, and grew in that experience. Where now, like I, you know, I, you know, like work is work, and, and work is something that I quite enjoy now. You know, it's not just work. You know, mm. like some days I come out of my job going, I'm actually getting paid for that. That's, you know what I mean? Mm. And it's not work then. You know, and it's it's a different story altogether. You know, but on the other side of it as well is that, you know. It can be done, you know. It can be done, and and I think more of stories like my own and and fellow students, the more that narrative should change, you know, and that anyone can go to college if you want to go to college, you know. But also, you can stay in college if you want to stay in college, and and for anyone that's in transitional change or or you know coming from situations, and education is that platform you know it's like you can um, you can build it to what you want it to build absolutely and I think that's a, a perfect way to end it we could nearly call this episode because I can and it's a really, yeah, yeah. A really good way to put it mm. um, and that brings us to the end of this episode of the Unlocking Potential podcast thank you so much to our guest for taking the time and sharing your experiences with our listeners today. It has been extremely insightful and provides so much impetus to address these issues. Don't forget to subscribe and look out for the next episode of the Unlocking Potential podcast. Thanks for listening. Innovation Lab and diverse partners across education and criminal justice.